So I'm going to continue uh, talking about um, leaving La La Land or the difference between the land of law and uh, I even called it Graceland over here. Thank you. Thank you very much. I... <laughs> Um, it's also, I mean, it's, it's, it's life and it's death is really what it is. It's the kingdom of heaven and it's the kingdom of this world. And uh, I want to continue in that, but I want to go a little further, slide into another vein of it, if you will. And really, it's the difference um, between being led by the Spirit or being led by something else, extern, external um, Authorities. Um, in, in the book of Numbers, uh, chapters 13 and 14, there's a story that many of us are familiar with. And this is when um, Moses sends uh, 12 spies into the promised land. And he says, tell me the truth. Tell me what's there. Tell me if it's a good land or a bad land. What are the people like? Are they strong? Are they weak? What, whatever. So they go and they do that and they come back and they tell the truth. They said, it's a great land. Look at the fruit that's there. It is a really good land, but there are strong people there and they're big and there's lots of them and they got fortresses and it's, you know, there's, there, there, there's a lot there. And so as they were doing this, the people start murmuring and, and, and say, oh, oh, no, there's trouble. We can't do this. We can't go in. And, and Caleb uh, quiets the people and he says, let us, go, let us go up at once and possess it because we're well able to overcome it. And then they're like, no, no, we can't. We cannot overcome it. But the other 10 that went with Caleb and Joshua said, no, no, we can't do it. They, and they gave a bad report of the land, and they said, the land's really not worth fighting for. It's a bad land. It's a land that will eat you up if you go in there. And the people there are too strong for us, and we look like grasshoppers in their sight and look like grasshoppers to us too. You know that story. And um, so that whole thing goes on. And then in Numbers chapter 14, verse 7, I want to... Uh, show a quote from Caleb here, and it says in verse 7, Joshua and Caleb spoke to the congregation, and they said, the land we passed through to spy out an exceedingly good land. Verse 8 says, watch this, if the, Lord, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. And when he said, don't get caught up on that word if, because what he's basically saying is since he does. He believed, he said, we can do this. If God delights in us, we can do this. And he believed they could, so he believed God delighted in them. Now, now, these weren't the most perfect people that ever lived on the earth. I mean, you remember a lot of the stuff that they did. But he still said, the Lord delights in us. And one of the things we see, and I think we did touch on it last week, one of the things we see is, is over here in La La Land is that it's hard to be convinced that God really delights in you. We have issues over here. There's, there are issues of, well, God might love everybody, but he's not pleased with everybody. You hear all that a lot, right? We hear the buts a lot over here. God is good, but God loves, but God blesses, but. And that but is always something contingent upon you, your behavior, your shortcomings, over, over in the land of the living, we see a God, in, in the Spirit, we see a God, this Holy Spirit, will show us, will reveal to us, unveil to us, a, a, a Father who really loves us. <coughs> Excuse me. A Father who is pleased. A Father who says to you the same thing he said to Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 4, this is my child and I am well pleased. Before you pass another test, before you fail another test, already pleased. And Caleb here has that, has that same vision. He sees that same thing. He says, God delights in us. 
God likes us. God digs us. God is happy with us. And these were people that didn't do everything right by any stretch of the imagination. But he said, but God's with us because he delights in us. And the others didn't see that. And then God would describe Caleb differently when he talks to Moses because the people said, nope, we're not going. Let's get us a leader. Let's get us a leader and let's go back to, that'll take us back to Egypt. Moses, you're not it. Caleb and Joshua, you guys aren't it. We're going to find somebody here that'll take us back to Egypt. So God talks to Moses. And he says, Moses, these guys aren't going to go in. He said, they, they, they won't receive it. They, won't, they, they don't believe it. He says, they won't believe, I'm just going to start all over. Moses talks with him. He says, you know, let them live. And he says, okay, I'm going to let them live. But as truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of, of, of the Lord. Uh, basically, I just, all I got to do is outlive these guys. This generation will not go in except, he said, and he picks out Caleb. He said, but Caleb, he'll go in because he has a different spirit. That's what God said. He used those words, a different spirit. Now, in the New Testament, when I read that, I think of all these scriptures that talks about God did not give us the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, another one says, says, we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is from God, so that we may freely know all the things that he's given us. See, that's the different spirit, not the spirit of fear, not the spirit of this world, but the Holy Spirit is what we call him, or the spirit of Christ um, uh, in us. And I want to talk about that, and, and, and hopefully the illustration of using these two worlds and me jumping back and forth between the two will give you a, a, an, an image here so you can make a clear distinction between the two, and we can see more of what's really, really going on. Romans chapter 8, where... I, I, I want to go, and it talks about this spirit. And we're going to talk about being led by the spirit. And, and, and I read it out of the Passion Translation, and it says, I, I, I just love reading this. I mean, you, you, you can just read it, and it preaches by itself. Verse 14 says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I'm talking about as I talk about the Holy Spirit here this morning is we're talking about the one who Jesus said he will reveal to you the truth. He will show you what I've said. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will counsel you. He's that one. He will be with you. In fact, he'll be, he's been with you, but he's going to be in you. Verse 15, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. D-U-T-Y or D-O-O-D-Y, however you, you want to spell the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never, ever feel orphaned. You'll never feel fatherless. You'll never feel alone. You'll never feel helpless, hapless, or hopeless here. You'll always have a source. You'll always have daddy. You'll always have a comforter. You'll always have a counselor. You'll always have a leader. You'll always have a guide. You'll never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father, or Abba Father, or Daddy. <laughs> and it's that, what, I, what Judy and I call that, the, the cry of discovery, that, that revelation, the, the unveiling that 
this is my father, I am his child, I belong here, and I am in the, in the house, and this is the best place I can be. Therefore, all is well, even though all this stuff's going on in the world, and even in our lives sometimes. Verse 16, because the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Now, this is Paul describing what happens and really what Jesus said would happen, that he would be in you. He will show you these things. He'll take my glory and he'll reveal it to you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. And it says that as many as are led by the Spirit or are moved by the impulses of the Spirit, they are the children of God. They, they manifest being a part of the family of God. This is our inner authority. This is every one of our individual direct, direct connection to God, who is our Father, who is the creator of all things, who is all everything. This is our direct connection, and we would need no indirect connection. And those that live, that are moved by the impulses of the Spirit or are being taught or led, as, as you could say. What I'm talking about this morning, about being led, I'm not talking about you get up and God said, get in your car and go down the street and all that. That kind of stuff can happen, I, I, I'm sure. But, but I'm talking about revealing the Father. I'm talking about knowing who He is, knowing who we are, knowing what life is, knowing. And we're learning these things by what the Spirit teaches us. And uh, uh, I love the scripture in Job chapter 32, verse 8, where Elihu said, but there is a spirit in man. I love, I, I, I love that we're becoming more and more aware of the reality of the secret that's been hidden from the ages, but now is revealed to us, Christ in us, which has always been the hope of glory for man, but it's now revealed to us. And this is what we want to look at and be aware of and, 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 and be drawing from. But there's a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty is what gives us understanding. Remember, it's the spirit. Now, now on, on one level, I know we would all agree with that, but I'll show you how we can miss that so often in our churchianity. Um, But in Luke chapter 17, verse 20, it says that Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, when will the kingdom of God come? And he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation or, or outward observation, is, is, is it would say. It says, nor will they say, see here or see there, because, indeed, because the kingdom is within you. So he said, it's not, you're not going to look to outside authorities that are going to determine these things. The kingdom is within you. That's what you will know. That's how you will know this. We have, see, the difference is the Holy Spirit is our direct connection and our inner connection. And as we live by the Spirit and are taught by the Spirit and, and accept what the Spirit is speaking to us, we enjoy, enjoy the fruit of this land of milk and honey. We can hinder that operation 
when we look more to external authorities rather than the inward authority. And I'll give you a few of them. One of them is people. Is people. people you know, just like they said uh, in, in the children of Israel, let's, let's find a leader. Why didn't they just go? They said, let's find a leader because they think they got to have a leader. Um, I can remember being in, in circles where like we had to have a bishop over or apostle or who's your covering and 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 who are you in submission to and and it was all it was about people you know and and if you weren't then something was wrong with you because you can't be trusted and when we say you can't be trusted then we're 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 discounting that you have an inner authority and you have a direct connection with God himself but we don't trust you we don't trust you because, you see, we thought, we think that you were just born evil. And somebody like you that's born evil and you're trying to learn how to be good in Christ, you need somebody like us to teach you and to tell you stuff and discipline you and keep you, you know, try to make you walk right and talk tight and spit white and, and, and we'll, we'll, you know, stay with us and, 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 and we'll get you there. We'll get that sin out of your life and we'll do, you know. And, and, and so the idea is because I'm evil, you know, if I'm thinking, if I'm evil, I need somebody better than me, more anointed than me, to lead me and to guide me in this. Can I just throw this out here? There is nobody in this world that's more anointed than you. <laughs> Read See, read the scriptures. Now, now I'm going to get into something here. But he says, you have an unction from the Holy One. That's the Holy Spirit. You have an anointing is what that word is. And Paul writes this, says, you have, excuse me, John writes this, and he says, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all of this, all things. Well, Rick, what about, you know, God gave us gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Yes, he did. Thank God. But they're not, our, they're not our authorities. They are to point us to the authority. Right? And I hope, I believe that's what we, we, we endeavor to do around here. This is, this is what's so fun. I love when I feel like I'm doing something like that. I love that I, that I feel like I can direct you to your authority, which is Christ in you, which is God dwelling in you, O house of God, which is the mystery that had been hidden all this time when they all make us a king and let us elect a leader and let's all do that. When they were doing all that, the mystery, the secret that had been hidden from the ages was Christ in you. And Jesus comes and he talks about that a lot he's been with you but he'll be in you the holy spirit he will be with you you won't be alone don't worry about what you're going to say someone will be with you he'll give you the words he'll lead you he'll guide you the holy spirit the holy spirit the holy spirit he didn't say that you know later on i'm going to set up an institution and i want you to follow those men in fact he said things kind of the opposite of that matthew 23 he said don't call anybody master Rabbi, Rabbi, he even said, don't even call him father. See, I'd be in circles where it was like, oh, this is my dad here, you know, your spiritual dad. And we're, you know, we're, we're giving reverence and we appreciate what they've, what they've, what they've meant to our lives and what they've given. I, I get that. 
I don't know if any of y'all have been around. You've been the thing where it's all about, I got a spiritual father, I got a spiritual mother. And, and the problem that, that we can get with that is that then we start feeling like God's grandchild. Like that's, that's God's child. And I'm the grandchild. And that's that mediator. And, and it can get really, it, it doesn't always do this at all, but sometimes it can get real, so, so bad that it's easy to where people feel like, I can't even get blessed unless I'm under people certain people and it gets taught a lot too if you want to get blessed and you got to you got to commit and submit to this man of god or woman of god and you you know if you do that and you give to it and you work for it and you do all that then god will bless you and then you know so we've got now now we don't have the direct connection our connection is through somebody else that's not what jesus said would happen he even said in that day you won't even ask me you'll ask the father yourself because I'm taking your hand and daddy's hand and I'm saying, here you go. <laughs> this is you two. He would talk about the leadership of those days. You know, he'd say, he, uh, you know, he'd say, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. Moses' seat. What's, what's Moses' seat? That's a, that's a position of authority and judgment, actually, too. And he says, they sit in Moses' seat so you do what they say. But I say to you, don't do what they do. Have you ever been um, wondered about the judgment seat of Christ? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give account. Do you not understand that is a beautiful, liberating thing? Instead of standing before Moses' seat, instead of standing before, before the law, instead of standing before the scribes and the Pharisees and anybody else that wants authority over you and wants to judge you, instead of standing to, before them and letting them determine things, we must all stand in front of the, 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 uh, before the, the judgment seat of Christ. And it really is a mercy seat. What does Christ speak to you? What does the Spirit say to you about all that? In fact, if you look at the seat of Christ, do we see Christ sitting all by himself in his seat, or do we see ourselves seated with him in heavenly places? Anyway, over in La La Land, over in this other place, we've got these other authorities, and we, we think we need them, see, because we're all about trying to get us right and trying to, trying to, trying to get us sinless. And you've got people that aren't sinless trying to get you sin, sinless. <laughs> <laughs> but people feel like they need that they want that because they're not they're not so aware they're a little bit more oblivious of their direct connection with god traditions is another one just traditions right what did jesus say about that famous scripture mark chapter 7 verse 13 jesus said so you cancel the word of god in order to hand down your own tradition and this is only one example among any, many others, he said. <clears throat> and that scripture will bring us to something else. If you're talking about the word, I love talking about the, about the word. In the beginning was the logos, the living expression of God. Jesus was a, a, the logos made flesh. You could actually see it in flesh, in speaking, and in demonstration, and in life, and in death even. The word, the word. And you know that, 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 that word... That he, that, that, that he was and spoke and, 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 and all of that. Do you know that in the, the New Testament that the, uh, that the Holy Spirit 
is referred to around 250 times in some way or another, whether it's Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, or God dwelling in you, or the, the anointing that abides within you. Or it's, it's 250 times about the Holy Spirit that would, that would lead you, that would guide you, that would counsel you, that would be with you. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and, and, and everything about it was that He will lead you, He will guide you, He will teach you all these things. And we don't really see the Scriptures talking about themselves, hardly at all. I can think of one time where, you know, Jesus would say, you know, they, 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 they look to the Scriptures. In fact, in, fact, in uh, John chapter 5, uh, excuse me, in, uh, yeah, John chapter 5, verse 39, he says, listen, he says, you're busy analyzing the Scriptures, pouring over them, hoping to gain eternal life. And everything you read points to me. Another, there again. What are you saying about the scriptures, Rick? You're scaring me. No. The scriptures are inspired and they're to point us to our guide. Nowhere did Jesus say, later on, there's going to come a book put together and all the scriptures are going to be compiled and I want you to follow them as the roadmap for your life. He said, the Spirit would be your guide. So do you love the scriptures? Yeah, I'm in the scriptures. I love the scriptures. <laughs> love, love the scriptures. Just fascinated by it, intrigued by it. Love it. It's so much a part of my life. You cut me open, it'll come out. <laughs> but I love what it's doing to me. Everything about it that I see that comes alive to me, it points me to the now. It points me to my divine connection. It points me to being a son. It points him to being my daddy. It's the spirit saying, Abba, Father. And it all leads me to him. And it doesn't anymore. Now, I once lived in La La Land. It doesn't become my guide to try to live by. And this is where we get tripped up because we make interpretations and people have all these questions and they're confused. And Rick, is this right or is it wrong? What are we supposed to do? Because the Bible says it and the Bible says this is wrong. And but here it says it's okay. And why did God do this? And, why? and we're trying to find a roadmap for our life when we've got a living guide. And this beautiful inspired book of scriptures, the Holy Bible. <laughs> As we read it, what happens to us? The Spirit enlightens us and it says, ah, that's me. That's grace. That's my love for you. That's my character. That's my heart. That's what I have done. That's what salvation is. That's who you are. That, it's all speaking, all of these things. And then it's almost like the Scriptures start to make sense because we see it's pointing us to our real guide who's leading us and guiding you. Really, if you've got any real understanding of the Scriptures, did that come because your brain was so smart that you put it together? If you, I mean, a lot of people think so. But if you've got real understanding of the Scriptures and it looks so beautiful to you and it's bringing liberation and joy and you're feeling closer and closer to your Father... It's not because you figured out the scriptures and you put it together. It's because the Spirit revealed something to you about the scriptures. The, hmm. So, you understand it. So we have our Bible. The Bible, I mean, Paul told Timothy, he says, give yourself to the reading of the scriptures. So let's do that. 
But understand that it's not the map. We have a guide. We don't need a map. We've got a guide. And the scriptures, am I okay? Beautifully reveal to us, point us to our life, our life giver, our guide, our best friend, our father, our source, the Holy Spirit, Christ in you. That is what was veiled. Even through the scriptures, it was veiled. And only by the Holy Spirit are we seeing, when we look at the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, there's a lot of veil. That's why you get very confused. You're like, Lord, God looks like he's horrible here. What's, I don't understand. Why is God doing this? Not all that. But if you, the Spirit will show you something, you'll see light come through. You're like, oh, there's his character. I see the mercy. I see the love. I see all the fruit of the Spirit in there. But see, we also do see a veil. So that's why it can become confusing. And that's why we have all these different ideas about it. And people can argue and debate the scriptures and the scriptures and the scripture. And like, oh, I think we should do this because the scripture says this. And you say, well, I think we should do that because the scripture says that. And that can go on throughout all of eternity. But we have a guide. We have a comforter, a counselor, a father. Man's eternal hope of glory had been Christ in us. And the liberation in the land of God's goodness and his grace is that we are free to be home with daddy and we don't need another man to be our mediator. We don't have to try to figure out what does God want and what does God not want. In fact, have some of you noticed that, that as you're growing in the knowledge of, of your father, I'm talking about really growing in the knowledge of your father, where you are falling more in love with him because you're seeing more, the more beauty of his glory. That's happening in spite of how you once interpreted some verses. And in spite of that, he is leading you. He is teaching you. He's guiding you. Judy and I were talking about this the other day. I said, you know, even in my time when I had the most mixture in my mind about all this stuff, and the mixture did not come from the Spirit. The mixture came from me trying to figure out the roadmap. But even in that, I can, I can remember specifically times when God's character would try to be spoken to me, when he would try to show me a love that just blew me away, that, I, that was hard for me to comprehend. He would try to show me a grace, and I could see it. Just I would catch glimpses of it for moments, but I was so tied up in the road map, like, yeah, I, I, I know grace. Yeah, grace is cool, but look what it says right here. And I was trying to figure out the, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil with this book, the right and the wrong, and trying to use that when that was there to point me the guide. Are you, are, you, are you hearing anything? Give yourself. God told Joshua, meditate on it. Know it. I wish we all knew our Bible better, but let's just understand that, that just like the men and women, the, 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 the leaders and, and people that are organizational leaders and people that are pastors and teachers and so on, that God, God has these people in our lives, but not to, not to be an authority to tell us what to do and how to live. You go, you've got someone to tell you what to do and how to live. You've got your own connection with God. You're a son or daughter just as much as Jesus was. Hmm? 
you have the Spirit. Somebody says, yeah, but people have different ideas. So this one says, I'm led by the Spirit, and I'm led by the Spirit, and, and they can, you know, they both can't be right. And like, yeah, it's an imperfect thing. We're human. We're trying to, we're trying to get it. I can look back at things where I thought, yeah, God told me this, and I can look at it now, and I'm like, no, that wasn't God. That was just my imagination. Once again, running away with me. Boy, I'd love to be able to sing that right now. But anyway. <laughs> but through all that, through all of our weakness and our imperceptions and all of that, the life is still there. The guide is still there. Daddy is still there. Christ in you is still there. And he's still leading us and guiding us. And it's getting better and better inside. And it's getting better. And we're seeing more clearly. And it's all because of the Spirit. And we're seeing the scriptures. They just keep pointing. They, 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 they just keep pointing. See, Paul, who, had, who, who, who thanked God for his writings, he did not teach me grace. The Spirit taught me grace. Paul, his writings, pointed me to him, <laughs> who is grace. Paul's writings made me look to him in a different way and go, oh, is that how you are? But if we really know it and it's affected our life, it's not because we just memorized what Paul said about grace. We love what Paul said about grace because a lot of that sounds like what a lot of this is saying. And then we, get, then we just take off. And then it takes off to where you start hearing the, the heart and the nature of God so much that it'll even override some of the stuff that Paul said. Hmm? Some of the confusing things. I like telling people, you know, you're confused about, ask the Spirit. Why don't we just do that more often? I don't know about that. The Bible says this, but then it says that. And I don't know. You think that these people, what about, I mean, the Bible says that's clearly a sin. There we go again. Being all about sin. Listen to the Spirit, because in the Spirit, there's liberty. I never saw where Jesus taught, taught the disciples nor us to say that you are going to be led by, led by that, led by the Scripture, but you'll be led by the Spirit, the living one, the living word. Hmm? He didn't denounce the Scriptures. We don't do that. My attitude is what I, what I, what I see in it. Give yourself to it. Understand it. Understand, you know, that the authority for our life, the authority that we have is our daddy, the living one. And not just the living, the, 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 the letter that we read. And if we can just see it in this perspective that way, then we get out of trying to figure out how to do this and thinking that, you know, uh, all that stuff that comes, just so much comes from that. We're better than that group because we believe this part and they believe it this other way and all these, these beliefs, beliefs, what all these beliefs come from. And they don't, I don't know that they ever have anything to do with life, with, with real abundant life that comes from love. That comes from divine love. That comes from divine grace. That comes from that comes only from the from the from the one source that created all things, and that's the one living inside of you and inside of me. 
what we want around here is not for you to submit to us, to obey us and ask us how you should be living. What we like to do is let you know that you have, a, you have an anointing. You have life. You have the Holy One inside you. And you know these things. So look to it. Listen to it. Ask it. And let's learn it. Because he's the counselor. He's the teacher. He's the guide. And this will liberate you. A lot of times I'll do that with people. You know, they're saying all these things. And I'm like, I know it sounds confusing. Did you ask the Spirit? Well, I did, but I didn't give anything. That's okay. We're going to keep following the path and following the guide and following the, the leader. And as we do somehow, even in our density, even in our, even in our inability to know things and to hear things and all that, it's amazing, and I'm a witness of it. Because I've cried out, God, I don't know. I don't hear your voice. I don't understand. This is hard for me. I remember talking like that. But in spite of that, in spite of me being Balaam's donkey trying to get this right, the Spirit, the hope of glory lived in me. And somehow, I don't know how he, it's amazing that this could happen, but somehow I started seeing the beauty of the Lord. And you see the beauty of the Lord, then you start inquiring more about it. Show me more. We sang a song about that. Show me more. I want to see more. And you start to find your foundation in a place called life, and you build your life on a foundation of love. And you're being moved by your heart. You're being moved by the Spirit instead of trying to figure out the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because anything you figure out of that, it'll either make you feel inferior or superior to somebody. And that's just junk. Just human junk is all that is. Here we're home in the family. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26, talks about this mystery. I'm saying all this to say, when we don't live in la-la land, We're not subject to those things anymore. We can be blessed by them. Remember Galatians told us, told, spoke of, the, actually speaking of the Jews that were under the law in Galatians 4, talking about them and including himself. And he said, we were under tutors and guardians, disciplinarian, to keep us until the time spoken by the Father because in the fullness of time, Paul said, God, while we were under the tutors, the guardians of the written law, the fullness of time, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Thank God you're living in the fullness of time. While there was a secret veiled for thousands of years, it was, it was always there from the beginning, but it was a secret. It was covered up. It was veiled. People didn't know it. They didn't see it. So they said all kinds of things about God, thought all kinds of things. But he said it's now revealed. Colossians 1.26 says, this is, the, this is the Passion Translation, beautiful wording. There is a divine mystery. See, 
the scriptures are telling us about the divine mystery. What are the, are the scriptures telling us, figure it out from reading the verses, or is it, are the scriptures pointing us to somebody? There's a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. That now it's being revealed. This is what's happening to me. Now it's being revealed. Now I'm falling in love. Now I'm feeling loved. Now I'm feeling peace. Now I'm feeling joy. Something I begged for. When I was in la-la land trying to figure out what does God want from me. Now it's being revealed to you. This is the joy that you're feeling. This is why you keep wanting more of this. Because you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Because something's happening in you. Now it's being revealed. The veil is opening up and you're seeing more and more. And you never get tired of it, do you? When you're seeing this, you're not sitting there going, oh, they're going to talk about grace again. You're just like, ah, they're talking about daddy, yes. <laughs> now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested, manifested in every holy believer to experience. I think as long as I'm in this, 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 uh, this earth, this body, I'm always going to need grace. Hmm? But while we're in this mortal flesh, the glory of Christ can still be revealed. And the fruit of the Spirit can still be tasted in our lives and from our lives. That's the manifestation of the Spirit that creation is longing for. Verse 27, here's the mystery. Here's the divine secret. Living within you is the Christ. We're not sitting at a bus stop waiting to be rescued by the Christ. The divine mystery. Here's what your teacher, your father, your counselor, your leader, your guide is telling you, is showing you and it's bringing you much joy, that living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure, a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. God wants everyone to know that, the simplicity of the gospel. Not about sin, not about separation from God. Christ in us. Let's live. Let's enjoy. Let's let our hearts cry out, Abba, Father. This is why your joy is increasing and why your peace level is increasing and why you're hearing not just from the teachers and the you're not just hearing it from me, from Matt and Leslie and Clark and other people that you're listening, that you're getting good stuff from. You're hearing it from your teacher. And your own personal Heavenly Father, which is also mine, 
is loving you and showing us things that he has wanted to show mankind for so long because he has always wanted to be known. And this is a great day for him also. Would you all stand up? I'd like to pray again with us. How are y'all doing? Isn't it great to be alive in God? Let the scriptures do a beautiful work. You know, let them continue to say, there he is. There he is. There he is. Behold the lamb. This is my son. Listen to him. Let him lead you. And it'll take away confusion. Well, Rick, what about this issue? You know, we got this cultural issue here. Like, and, and there's some scriptures here that says this about it. And, and then, and then, and then. Here's, what I, here's what will help you with that. Ask your guide. Ask your father. Ask the spirit. And let that beautiful voice talk to you about it. And you'll get it reconciled in your heart some, very often before you get it reconciled in your mind with things. But it'll come into line. It always does. But the Spirit's not getting into line with our interpretation of Scripture. Our interpretation of Scripture comes into line with our teacher. Father, I thank you for your beauty. Mankind has desired one thing, that they may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of their life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire daily in your temple. We thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you, Father, for loving us, leading us, guiding us, being so personal for with you, Father, Daddy, we are safe and all is well with our soul today. I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Can anybody say amen? amen. God bless you. We got chili today. Hallelujah. <laughs>